Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Just over a week or so ago, the Supreme Court passed a major ruling which will have a notable impact on the so-called gig economy in Ireland. The revenue commissioners had brought a company trading as Domino's Pizzas to court five years ago because it felt that workers were being treated as self-employed when in fact they should have been treated as full PAYE staff. After an appeal, the final decision was to agree with a taxman or woman. The ruling could impact more than 100,000 people. And we've asked Domino's to join us on the show, but they didn't get back to us. Joining us now to discuss it and what will change is Anne DeLay, the Principal Officer in Revenue's Personal Tax Policy and Legislation Division. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Joe. So first of all, why did Anne, why did, Anne, why <laughs> did the Revenue Commissioners bring Carshan Limited trading as Domino's Pizzas to, this, to the court in the first place? So as you know, Joe, the question as to whether someone is employed or self-employed is quite complex and it depends on the facts and circumstances of each case as to whether someone should be treated as an employee or as a self-employed individual. So this case was concerned with tax treatment, as you said, of delivery drivers up for a company. And based on the facts and circumstances of the case, Revenue felt that they should be correctly treated as employees rather than self-employed individuals. Because they had no other major source of income, did they? That's not really the only test. There are a number of different tests that need to be applied to determine whether someone is employed or self-employed. And that's why it's such a complex area. Now, we're very happy with the judgment because as well as the Supreme Court judges agreeing with our position, they have set out... Unanimously, apparently. Correct, yes. They have set out a five-step framework which will assist every business, not only those in the gig economy, because people feel that this judgment is really only relevant to people in the gig economy or delivery drivers, but it's actually relevant to all businesses across all sectors. Walk us through the five steps, please, Anne. So the first three steps are really a filter. So the first step is, does the contract involve the exchange of wage or other remuneration for work? So that's kind of a remuneration test. Are you being paid to do something? Mm. The second test then is, is the agreement one pursuant to which a worker is agreeing to provide their own service or those of a third party to the employer? So that's about substitution. If you can't do the work yourself, what are the terms, conditions around who you can send to do the work instead of you? Mm. Who pays that person and who actually engages that person uh, legally? So the third step then is around control. Does the employer exercise sufficient control over the employee to render the agreement one that's capable of being an employment agreement? So there you look at what work is being done, when it's being done, how it's being done and where the work is being done. Now, if those three questions are answered affirmatively, then it could be a contract of of employment Mm. rather than self-employment. If any one of them is answered negatively, then it can't be a contract of employment. Mm. Now, the fourth test, it's a bit wordy. Just bear with me. I'll read it out. and Bear with us. uh, Okay. (laughs) Simplify it after. So if these three requirements are met, the decision maker must then determine whether the terms of the contract between the employer and the worker interpreted in the light of the admissible factual matrix and having regard to the working arrangements between the parties as disclosed by the evidence are consistent with a contract of employment or with some other form of contract having regard in particular to whether the arrangements point to the employee working for themselves or for the employer. So here they're basically saying you need to look beyond the words in the contract. You Mm. need to look at what actually happens on a day-to-day basis. Who does what? Who controls? Basically look at everything, the full factual matrix around what actually happens on a day-to-day basis with the engagement between the individual and the business. 
And the final step then is it should be determined whether there is anything in the particular legislative regime under consideration that requires the court to adjust or supplement any of the foregoing. So while it wasn't the case here, it may be relevant that in other cases there may be situations where particular legislation which relevant to that particular engagement maybe puts a different definition around certain certain aspects of the engagement that are maybe not there in common law at the moment, which is what the Oireachtas generally looks at. So it's really a clear framework for all businesses to follow when they're undertaking a review as to whether someone is properly engaged as an employee or a self-employed individual. So let's clarify, the Supreme Court ruling didn't in fact change the law. It merely set out five clear filters Correct. for employers to consider very carefully before they say, well, you're self-employed or you're into the PAYE net. That's correct, Joe. Okay, so... Given the fact that, as you say, it's not just the gig economy that will be impacted. And just to remind me what the gig economy is, there's basically people who work from gig to gig or job to job on a kind of an ad hoc basis without a fixed contract per se. That's correct, yeah. Now, if it doesn't apply to the gig economy and it's a much wider thing, then it must be affecting thousands, if not tens of thousands of companies, this ruling. Potentially, but we don't really know how many people are actually employed as a self-employed individual, whereas they should be an employee. And it's really up to each business to undertake that review themselves and ensure that they're actually operating, Mm. you know, that they're applying it properly and that they are actually classifying individuals properly. And that's actually what we're trying to do at the moment is just encourage businesses who engage contractors, subcontractors or workers on a self-employed basis to undertake a review of the arrangements that are in place, applying the five-step framework and ensure that individuals are classified correctly. Now, to assist as well as the five-step framework. Revenue are developing guidelines ourselves, which will include examples to help employers or businesses actually just make that determination themselves. And as you know, there's also a joint document which is called the Code of Practice on Determining Employment Status, which is published jointly by Revenue, the Department of Social Protection and the Workplace Relations Commission. Mm. And we'll be reviewing that with our colleagues in those organisations to ensure that any necessary updates to that code are actually undertaken. So the moral of the story is, if you're an employer and you're not sure, go to revenue.ie or ROS, the system check whether you're uh, whether you could in fact be uh, employing people as self-employed, but instead of having them on the PAYE system. Do your audit of your employees. Is that the message? I think it's not. It's more than just employers, Joe, because you might have a business who's not an employer because right. they're treating all of their contractors as self-employed individuals. So it's all businesses, both employers and non-employers, need to do a review to make sure that they're treating all people that they're making payments to correctly by following the five-step framework and by taking a look at the guidance, which is due shortly, which we will include examples into a system and actually make that determination. And that will be put up on your website? It will, yes. Okay, and thank you very much for coming in. That's Anne DeLay from the Revenue Commissioners. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.